Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric. And in this episode, we're going to continue the Stock Market Startup Series with Troy, Rusty, Matt from Option Omega. Now, for longtime listeners, you may remember these guys from episode 41, which I had them on to discuss their options backtesting platform. That is Option Omega. Now, this was about a year ago, and a lot has happened in the last 12 months. So it was good to catch up with these guys and talk about their approach to the market, what we're seeing in the market, as well as how is Option Omega has evolved in the past year. Now, after listening, if you're interested in checking out Option Omega for your own use, you can use the code SMOT for 50% off your subscription at optionomega.com. Again, that code is SMOT, S-M-O-T at optionomega.com. Now, quick reminder that everyone on this episode and on this podcast are retail traders, and we are not financial advisors of any kind. This is purely for educational information only. Now, let's get into my discussion with the founders of optionomega.com. All right, we got Matt, Rusty, Troy from Option Omega back on the show. How are you guys doing today? What's going on? Doing pretty well. Just watching this market. Yeah, good, I know. I know. We're all glued. We're like secretly glued to the market. It's actually getting <laughs> back to even here. Looks like thirty nine hundred may may hold after all. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember. Um, you guys, you guys came on the podcast. It was almost exactly a year ago. It was uh, the episode we did. I believe it was episode forty one of the podcast, and it was on March thirty first. So it's been a year since I've uh, officially had you on. How's it been going the last year? You guys, has uh, the the market's been crazy, and you're you're running Option Omega. Well, you know, tell me a little bit about what's going on. That's well. Thank you for having us on, on again. Uh, love the podcast. I listen to it all the time, and and you have done a great job of continuing to just put out great content. So thanks for being a good options podcast to listen to when I'm yeah. driving. Yeah, uh, man. Thanks but, a lot. Yeah, I can't believe it's been a a, a Ooh, year. A year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I had to look it up. I looked it up. I was like, okay, because I wanted to say, oh, you know, check out episode 41. And I, and I was like, I had to go back a couple pages in my podcast, you know, episodes and I was, I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, man, it's been a year since well, I scary. talked. So we did a fish. I know we talked, you know, in between and stuff, but um, yeah, that's funny. So but before we get into Option Omega, um, well, just for the listeners, if you want to go back and hear, listen to episode 41. Um, I definitely recommend it where we where we kind of introduced Option Omega. And I know there's a lot of things that have changed in the past year there, but just as a, you know, kind of a quick um, backstory, what, you know, can we go around just real quick? What did you guys do? What is your sort of background? I know uh, one of you was kind of into programming and and web and stuff. So that's part of the reason, but what did you do or what what is your sort of expertise outside of finance? You want You want to start, Matt? Sure. Yeah, I uh, I came from a completely different background. My background is actually in industrial supply, and uh, worked in that field for a couple decades, and uh, loved it. Still love it. Um, and I didn't do a ton of trading, but I would buy. Um, you know, I was dealing with industrial plants, so occasionally I would by look at their stock and did a little bit of trading here and there, just kind of companies I had heard of, but um, really started trading full-time basically uh, about 12 weeks before COVID started, <laughs> which was oh, both fun. the, yeah, it was both the best time <laughs> and the worst time to start trading. And um, you know, my, I, I kind of gave myself a small, a bucket to play with and then kept most of um, you know, 
what I had separate, you know, the retirement type stuff. And mm -hmm. so um, it was COVID was a great learning experience because I learned about volatility, I learned about VIX, I learned about buying and selling. I mean, this sounds crazy now, but I, I actually had a, some puts that paid out pretty well. And I had put them all into, I remember May 2020 spy 212. So mm. I was, <laughs> we never got there. Oh, yeah. there that, very... that must have been a good trade if you remember oh, the strike and the month that, and all no, that. No, it was wow. a terrible yeah. trade. It, it, oh, it, 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 yeah, because I had made uh, I had made some money on puts, and at the same time, in another account, the mm. end of Mar March, I bought leaps in like every blue chip I could think of, mm. and all those leaps with the recovery, I had bought. 2022 2021 leaps so you know my my spy position went to zero oh, and I, he I held it all the way down <laughs> it went to zero but at the same time i learned so much about how options work and what happens to money when it, it gets into options you know i had mcdonald's steel dynamics diamondback energy like all these wildly different industries and you got to see it was a 2020 was a great time to learn the market because you got to see several things that rarely happen happen. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, 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 that's interesting. Yeah. You know, you know, it's either a really good or really bad trade. If you remember the yes. exact strike and expiration yeah. month, that's, yeah. that's, well, you know, it was the, I think it was the fastest bear market and the fastest yeah. bull market. So there was a lot of yeah. face ripping. I, I got, I got punched in the face a little bit on the way down and then um, eased back in and then couldn't believe, you know, it was, it was like a, couldn't believe it went up that fast, you know, right. you thought for sure, you know, everyone was right. still, my, my kids were still homeschool, not homeschool, but remote schooling or whatever. Yeah. It was, that was a crazy, that was a crazy time. What about you, Rusty? What do you, what were you doing um, outside of finance? Well, first I've got to say something about Matt and maybe cut this out if he doesn't want it later, but, but Matt, <laughs> It's definitely staying also, in now. <laughs> in addition to being in industrial supply, now there's other stories I could tell that I won't because I've known him for 20 years. But in this, he's not wasn't just in industrial supply. He started his own business and sold it, so he okay. did very well for himself. <laughs> so he's already. Oh yeah, he left that out. So he's a, he's an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah, he totally like buried the lead there on the yeah. story. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, um, so that's, so that's Matt. And, uh, so me, my background is in software development. I've been that's right. software engineer for my entire career, 20 something years, you know, just learned a lot along the way, really enjoyed the craft, enjoyed the, uh, the process of making things for other people. But I think a few years ago, uh, and Troy and I were actually working together. I was, I guess, technically his boss. And I think we just kind of got tired of building software for other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so just kind of got the itch to say, man, I, I, I've seen um, what can happen when software does well, mm -hmm. right? From a business standpoint, uh, low overhead, all these other things, especially with SaaS. I mean, if, if, you, if you do it intelligently, you can really have low costs um, and, and still put out a product that people love and absolutely enjoy and pay you money for. And so we sort of embarked on this, gosh, I guess just in an idea format for a while while we were still working, fleshing it out. And then, um, so that, that's my background. I, I, I would say I'm a software architect first and foremost in a, in a trader second. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely helpful for uh, what you guys are doing. What about you, Troy? You were in software too? Yeah, I came from a, uh, I came from a, 
crazy background. I'm a pastor, uh, but I'm bivocational. So I've always kind of worked in, in addition to that. And so um, became a software developer a couple of years ago, uh, went to work for the same company Rusty was at. And we were in a small office with another guy, uh, a little larger than the, the size of a household bathroom uh, for five years where we just spent eight hours. You know, the joke is we spent more time with each other than our wives for like six years. And so through that process, I think Rusty actually introduced me to Nassim Taleb and um, as a philosophical kind of uh, point of view. And I got really interested in his stories about options and started reading about options and kind of fell in love with them as as much as you can fall in love with something as esoteric as options. And so I uh, started trading and, and uh, the worst thing that happened to me is I did really, really good during Balmageddon. And we were all in the office and Rusty was watching it and it was all, you know, it was, we're going to be millionaires like in two months or whatever. And so, um, so you just had bought long puts. You just said, oh, I'm just going to do this hedge strategy. Yeah, I was tell hedging. I was tell hedging it like the first, the first month I started tell hedging was Vom again. It's crazy that long puts do so well when volatility increases 100 fold or whatever. Yeah. 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 Weird how it works. Yeah, that's normal. And that's right. And so. We, we started trading, Rusty got into trading, Matt got into trading, and we all started kind of trading. And um, we went down the route of like looking at back tests and things like that. And uh, that was kind of our, our issue is that we found a back test that looked like it was going to just kill it. And so we, we started trading that and it did not kill it. It killed mm, us. And right. so we, in the process of that, realized that uh, there's some, there were some inherent flaws in back testing. And so that's, okay. that's where we are, to, where we are today. Yeah, no, that's great. Cause my next question was what, what got you into, uh, back, I guess, back testing. Cause that's your primary, uh, function for option Omega, what was kind of the inspiration. So you, 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 I guess had experienced other back testing programs and found out that they're not as robust or what, you know, what did you think you were going to be able to do better than those yeah. platforms? What did you identify as, uh, your pain point there? Well, there was some, there's well, some technical things that I think Rusty and Matt could definitely answer better than I could. But the 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 basic of it was the we found a back test basically, and I don't remember Rusty probably remembers better than I do. But it was, it was a one DTE thirty delta. That's right. Like Condor, that according to the back test, like never lose. You know, it was just the, right. the money yeah. printer, and then we yeah. we traded it. And- Lost a very few much, dollars, very much lost. <laughs> very yeah. much lost. Uh, but, so why why do you think that why was that back test wrong? Well, so what happened is in the process of figuring out why is this so different than our actual results, right? right. You know, you expect the back test to not be perfect, but we did not expect it to be the difference that it was. And what we realized is that the back test that we the back tester that we were using was using what's called end of day data, and so they would take a snapshot of a price, all option prices at 3.50 p.m. Mm-hmm. And that was the option price for the day. And so whether you, any trade that you were putting on for that day in that back test, it was based on the price at 350. Well, we didn't know that, but as soon as you realize that, um, and, and you know anything about options, you understand that that is pretty flawed. In the same way that the reason Vomageddon you know, or, or yesterday, I mean, this is what the 10th, uh, on March 9th, 2023, why some people's, um, you know, 10 cent put up, put strike, you know, finished in the money by like $4 or something right. like that. Th- this, 
the options move so fast in fluid markets. And so we just quickly realized that that's, that's almost useless. I mean, if you're doing anything that's totally not 45 useless, days, yeah. not 45 mm-hmm. days, it's almost useless with the type of trading that we were wanting to embark on. Yeah. And so that was the flaw was end of day data. Now there's a technical problem that we quickly realized that there's a reason people use end of day data and that Rusty can speak to it better than I could, I think. I just think um, the issue is that people have no idea until they download the data or peek at it. Some people load it into spreadsheets, just how large um, the options change for just one, just SPX. Let's just start with SPX. Yeah. One for, ticker. For even one day. Yeah. For one ticker, one minute data for a single day is vast. People will think of it more like a single price point, like the underlying price. Sure, that doesn't have much. One minute candles, you know, on any ticker is nothing, but it's like 4D chess or something with options because you have the different durations and all the different strikes. And it's just an insane amount of data, uh, especially with something like SPX that has a lot of strikes and a lot of expiration. Yeah. And so we started with the, the idea of like, this probably can't be done. So let's start with five. I think we start with 15 minutes. Like, can we do a 15 minute? That'd be a huge improvement over end of day mm-hmm. and refined it and refined it. And then we were at five minutes. I don't know if it, when we released and possibly even on the last podcast we did, we were at five minute data. And yeah, when, when I first met you guys, you guys were at five minute data and yeah. I was like a genius. Like, you know, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you went well, to one yeah. minute, right? You went to one minute data, right. is that right? Right. Yeah. yeah, and we just kept refining the back end to make it faster. Thankfully, modern technology has come a long way and allows you to do that if you know what you're doing with software, if you if you can architect it properly. Yeah. So that was really it. That was the key to unlock it is just simply to say, what's the algorithm that we can write? Because no one, want, no one wants to wait five minutes. I don't want to run a year test and have to go, you know, to the grocery store. Um, I want to be able to iterate quickly. How does it do at 20 Delta? How does it do at 15 Delta? And so once we sort of unlocked that, we realized, oh, not only is this use, because we built it for ourselves. Like, oh, not only can we find better trades, maybe other people would like to use this tool. There doesn't seem to be a retail tool out there. Yeah. It's interesting because um, when you say you built it for yourself, which I totally get, and I can see that, my sort of perception is that you guys were sort of in a more of an option sellers mindset. Is that true? When you were kind of going into that, you were, you were more on the sell side, like, like uh, collecting premium is, or because, you know, a lot of people, they say, I want to, they want to use options as basically a stock replacement where you want to go long, you want to buy calls, you want to go short, you buy puts, but, um, but when you get into multi-leg stuff, um, you know, the, the, that you basically now got to track two options for like a spread or something, but were you guys more option sellers when you, when you were building this? Is that the case? I think we probably all came from a different background because Matt, you, you were doing something completely different, right? Yeah. So I had done a lot of longer term stuff, um, had no experience with selling zero DT premium or buying short term stuff. The closest I got to that was, a couple week out calendars, which I still do stuff. I still do trades similar to that. But, um, you know, personally, I have trades that are both credit trades and debit trades that I do. Um, and that was something that we, I wouldn't say we were all 
credit sellers when we came in. One thing I think we did all have an interest in is understanding how hedges worked. So, mm. um, you know, we had, I remember one of our first questions we got about the software is, hey, can I test out buying, you know, five cent spy puts 90 day out? You mm. know, we're like, yes, 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 you can. That's a good, that's a, that's a good type hedge yeah. to, to test, you know, and obviously there's limited occurrences to back test, but there's still some pretty interesting examples. You could see what, what does a trade like that do during something like Volmageddon? What does a trade like that do during, uh, during the COVID crash? What does a trade like that do during last year where we have a gradual decline? So um, we kind of came at it, I would say from a couple different perspectives mm-hmm. of being, you know, buyers or sellers of options although i would say to be fair our primary concern for the tester itself yeah we did want to test those kind of hedges like black swan hedges and things like that mm. turns out premium has to be cheap for that to work in my yeah. opinion yeah. Yeah. Alert, yeah. Puts. <laughs> yeah yeah so i haven't been buying long puts 60 days out i'll tell you that but on top of that but troy and i were definitely into the like the income generation option play, which I yeah. think you would call it definitely premium collection, whether you're doing a double calendar, which is technically a debit trade mm-hmm. or you're selling credit spreads, you're still collecting premium, right? You're right. still hoping for decay and theta and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely. I would say all three of us were, were yes. in that. That was the, that was the purpose of the pack tester was to say, you know, can, what's, what's the edge here? Can we find mechanical trades right that are premium collection in, in some fashion that we can repeat it's repeatable yeah um, and that that's that was the angle that we went in with it turns out the answer is yes <laughs> yeah yeah yes. yeah so you guys so it's funny i think i did an episode on this where um so with that type of verbiage and and things you're you're mentioning so you guys were options traders right like mm-hmm. you're actually thinking about uh the greeks as opposed to um, a, a pure technical analysis trader who is just using options for leverage. So you guys, right. I, I would I would term you as a true options trader mindset. This is, yeah, this is not the case now. But I, I <laughs> two two years ago, yeah, I would have said I don't, I could care less about technical analysis. Like I was only interested mm. in Greeks. And, yeah, and the the functioning between those things, and so yeah, for sure. And, and why is that? Do you because um, I know if you go down the rabbit hole long enough, and I'm I'm gonna bring Tasty Trade up for this because, and and this isn't a bad thing, but they they basically preach that you know selling premium high IV. I mean, option alpha um, option alpha was one of the first educational yeah. um, guys, Kirk over there talking about premium and um and, and so i guess it depends on who your influences are um where did you guys get your influence or education whatever you want to call it for options how did you guys even um you said nasim talib is that right um troy and, and, yeah 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 and rusty what about you where where did you guys get educated on options i guess maybe that's a better question I would say, yes, yeah, so you have your basic education because there's almost besides, like layers. Besides right? losing money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. We've, we've all yeah. done that. I mean, yeah. it's such an in-depth industry. Mm-hmm. You have to like cut through so many like layers of like arcane terminology and acronyms and this and that. And Greeks and all these things and second level Greeks and, you know, top of book, all these different trading concepts. 
And so I, like the, there's the basics, which is just like, oh, people use options, like these long plays, right? For hedges or like you were discussing b- before, yeah. right? But then I think that the income part of it, Troy found some a guy named Navigation Trading mm. who had an, an excellent set of videos, like just very clear, concise educator, I feel like. Someone who's yeah. pedagogical I've seen skilled. his videos. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen yeah. them on YouTube. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're and so Troy showed those to me and, and we enjoyed those definitely. And then I would say someone who got me really thinking about Greeks and in a really intelligent way was Dan Sheridan. I took his classes and really mm, just, yeah. I love Dan, such a great guy, uh, really loved his, his work there. And so he and Mark, um, I think Mark Fenton, is that his name? Yeah, the two of them did a, did a really good job with that. And so I learned a lot, but still that was sort of longer duration then. A couple of years ago, I discovered, it must have been a couple of years ago now, a year and a half ago, Tammy, I watched her video that she put on with Wealth and Joy. Mm-hmm. And that one was really interesting to watch uh, for the zero DT, because I'd never done anything zero DT. I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. crazy. You know, yeah, that is truly, rage. yeah, it's all the rage now. And so I kind of went heavy for that for a while. So now I've sorted of, kind of like, you know, we were discussing this earlier offline, but sort of this middle, um, duration where it, somewhere somewhere between zero dt and two weeks out <laughs> yeah yeah well like five One, to seven two days weeks, yeah, yeah yeah are a lot of my trades i do some zero days still but i would say mostly two to five two to seven right it's been a sweet spot yeah interesting um so zero dte's all over the place now um and part of that obviously is because um spx went full five days expiration last year and I, is SPY there yet? Or I think they're, it's on the way uh, maybe, but from, uh, you mentioned the data, you know, is it kind of a technical challenge when it comes to running a software company? So what did that do when, when they added, you know, I forget what the day was, but it's like, okay, Thursdays are now available. What did that do for, for your, for option Omega, as far as like the back end? did you guys have to make new accommodations or were you sort of prepared for it? What did you have to do to, get that data in so thankfully um because we have a pretty good architecture we started with the architecture first right and i think that's what's important for any kind of SaaS. you're mm-hmm. only ever as good as your technology like truly and i think because the architecture was so solid and scalable that i don't think we were ever afraid of that you know like there was definitely a little bit of fear initially with going from five minutes to one minute because you're talking five times the data. Yeah. Um, but once we figured that out and we saw that the costs were not prohibitive to running the business, in fact, they're, they're insanely low um, for the storage of the data. The data feed can get quite pricey that you're buying because you have to buy it from an Oprah data vendor and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, the storage of it was not a big deal. Thankfully, there are the cloud providers out there do a really good job. And you know, you're talking AWS um, Microsoft Azure and, and um, Google Cloud all do a great job of providing pretty affordable products that are mm-hmm. meant to scale up to things much larger than than even what we're doing, which sounds crazy because it's a lot of data. But yeah. I'm sure there are people, I mean, like you look at Google Maps or Google Search, for example, or or Bing or whatever, I mean, like, or, or even Amazon. I mean, they're, they're doing stuff way bigger than anything we're doing. So um, knowing that you're running on the same types of platforms as, as those companies, you can feel pretty confident as long as you do it right. I think a lot of people are stuck in an old mindset, but with 
with software architecture, you have to be super nimble, right? You have to be yeah. out there hustling and reading about the latest technologies and the best solution for the product. As soon as you get kind of old and stodgy and stuck in your ways, you're, you're done, in my opinion. Yeah. I've, I've heard things about 24-hour SPX options and that... Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just going to throw it out there. I don't know if that's good or bad. I want to say it would be good um, if you're for short-term trading, um, but I know they have futures options and things like that, which I don't know how those work or whatever, but um, do you have any thoughts on just this never increasing or ever increasing like ability to lose money at any time of the day? That's, well, um, not only, not I, only we, I we, remember, I'm the president of that club. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so for the listeners, before we hopped on, we, we, we were talking about the idea of the river of uh, a river of money flowing. And right now for SBX options, you can, you know, go down there from nine 30 to four and win or lose depending on how it works. But uh, the river seems to be getting bigger, I guess. Yeah, I think I think the main issue with that, honestly, is I think liquidity would be a big deal, even with SPX, because the ES options provide the opportunity for someone to do that at actually a smaller size than SPX, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's I believe it's half the size, and there are times I've traded ES options overnight before because uh, I'm a degenerate, and <laughs> I think that that liquidity. It's pain. It can be painful sometimes. I mean, you're you're never going to get a good spread. You know, mm. you're never going to get a good. And so, I could see it as a benefit for like overnight hedging. Like Rusty and I, we actually early in the early days, I remember we had a trade where we did some overnight hedging because of a move because of that bad back test actually. Um, mm. But I I don't know. I could see it. I could see it growing. But I just think liquidity people would have to use it, and I I just don't know the overnight market how that would work at this point. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and that's the issue with the back tester is that, I mean, at the end of the day, the best we can do is get the bid ask and try to make an intelligent decision. But I have no idea. It's still not a live auction. And yeah. so would you actually get filled at that price? And so thankfully, we have slippage and stuff in the app, but mm -hmm. it almost have to be like after hours slippage increase by 5x or something like that yeah. to make it realistic. You would have to, you'd have to really train people or or have you know, the guardrails, those bumpers in the uh, bowling lanes on there for people, I think. Yeah. And that's something, that's something I don't think people understand. I mean, that's one of the things doing this for a year with Option Omega and Matt, Matt's just a killer at Discord. He just manages the Discord so well and like curates it and like makes it a great experience for people. But I've seen a thousand times people ask and say, hey, at 9.34 or 9.36, 9.36 a.m. This spread said it was this, but in real life it was this. Your back tester doesn't work. Right. And it's a th guys, like, have you ever traded at 9.36 in the morning? Like, yeah. It, well, the other, the other aspect is, you know, one minute seems like really good timing, a one minute options pricing. But you know how fast the market can move in a minute? You know, a lot. Like, I, I'll sit there, like, trying to get filled on something. And I'll I'll say okay I I I do a lot of credit spreads oh I can sell this spread for a dollar fifty well next thing you know it goes to a dollar sixty a dollar seventy and it's like all with within that one minute still so the 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 options or the 
market is probably closer to analog, right. Than it is digital. So even, even one minute, even that's awesome. It's, it's, it's still not exactly what you, you would get. And if you, if you, I guess if you really wanted to get filled at exactly 936, you'd have to do a market order or just drop your, don't do it. Never mind. Don't, I'm gonna, let me take that back. Don't do a market order. You would have to, you would have to, whatever it is you're doing, drop, if you're selling, you might want to drop it 10 cents to get, and you could get filled right away. Right. Um, but that, that's the only way um, you can probably try to match the back test. Cause I think that's what people ultimately try to do. Um, I've learned over the years with various back test programs that you really, that's just kind of your model. Like, okay, exactly. When these three or four things are lining up or, or whatever the, uh, metrics are you're paying attention to, um, it's more likely that these trades are going to work out, you know, over time kind of thing. I think that's the best you can, best you can do on whatever time frame. So yeah, to that point, you could, I mean, uh, oh yeah, we have, I mean, we have people, like Russ, you talked about earlier, most of what people seem to be using the back tester for, and the three of us use it is for income generating options. Right. Yeah. And so I personally do a lot of um, medium length. I would call it medium length in today's world, you know, like four to 10 day expiries. And it is quite frequent that the back test will match those I identically. It's, happens a lot where mm. i'll put on a uh five to seven day calendar or whatever and the back test will literally be the same price i had at the same time because i'm you know if i'm trading it mechanically putting on at a time that being said a minute is a long time for people doing you know the amount of uh zero day spy options yesterday we had mm. a the president spoke there was a large move in the market a large intraday move outside the ranges we had you you, you already can see stories online of people making 100 to 1 returns on zero dte degenerate options you know mm. and so one minute is a long time for that so uh you know there are we have a lot of different tools in the app to make the back test as rusty said it's a historical uh simulation you know but make it as accurate as you can to how you want to back test so multiple yeah. types of slippage we have wide bid ask spread you can cap profits you can cap losses you can uh do all sorts of different manipulations there's many ways you can um try to to set it up the way that it works for you and i hope this isn't a spoiler but i mean we are investigating even higher data resolution than one minute data because you know people mm. want to run their spy back tests or their sps back tests on zero day they want yeah. to see something even more um you know more granular than a one minute uh one minute data yeah people want tick data so we have actually been looking for zero dt tick data wow just on that, it, I don't have any interest in a 90 day trade on tick data. That'd be right. stupid. Yeah. Is but. that, you know, is that, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody because I've known to do that <laughs> with you guys. But, um, no, I love um, is that necessary? Like, like, well, so, so, yeah, so if you, good, it's a great question. Whatever, what, whatever back test you get, right? Doesn't matter the time frame. You know, the future is always different. Um, and, you know, like I've had, and this is from experience, but even before I met you guys, I was back testing a couple other programs, end of day data, 
30 day stuff a lot, seven, 30 days. So it, it was okay to have a 30 day right. trade and a back test like that. But then the market changed and, you know, I'm not going back to them and saying, Hey, you know, my 30 day stuff doesn't work any, like, it's not, you know, do people understand? Yeah. Um, it's a good that, question that so, somebody like asked that us back test is a back test. And then there's like right. the, the rubber meets the road part. Right. Somebody asked us yesterday, Hey, what are some of the things you do to keep subscribers? And the first thing I said was, well, kind of the market kind of takes care of that for us because yeah, the market's great... always changing. So yeah. we've got 10 years of data right now. So if mm. you want to see what the Russell was doing in 2014, you can do that. You know, yeah. you want to see what a pairs trade worked like during Trump's first year of if NASDAQ, how much it outperformed spot, you can do all that. Um, that was probably but, a valid question. Like, Three years ago. <laughs> yeah. But but why market, should I keep subscribing if the right. market keeps going up? Yeah, but now your, it's not. Yeah. To your point, it's 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 changing constantly, you yeah. know, and and you can look on a chart and see, okay, one zero DT option started five days a week on SPX. If we if we go back to April and May of last year, you can clearly see when trades started to change. There are some things that happened at the end of 2022 around the holidays. We're in slightly a different market now. So it's constantly changing to your question about is more data visibility, you know, is it necessary? I think people are talking about it. Um, mm. People are, people are asking for it. And I, I just see options as continuing to be more and more popular because yeah. people today with, with the speed and the ease of using brokers, you can, and this is the reason I first got into options instead of just doing shares three years ago. You know, I saw, I saw what a, a leap did that I bought in March of 2022 or 2020. I saw what a, uh, you know, a Microsoft March 2022 leap that I bought did. And I saw how it provides you, if, there's many ways to use options, but the way I was using them is essentially it provides you leverage without debt. And if you're just buying mm. long options, there's so many different ways to use options. So I don't know if one minute data is enough or <laughs> high resolution or tick, yeah. but people want more data. And I think people are going to be trading more options now than they are in the future than they are now. So yeah, I think it just My, depends on the type of trader for us. There are actually people that have been using our back tester to test super high delta zero DT iron condors, which they continually roll like 50 times throughout the day. Mm. So for that, maybe you, yeah. they're rolling it on a stop, you know? And so, yeah, you probably get stopped out pretty quick on, especially gamma in the day stuff. It's just great. People are testing stuff. I've seen like, if you put this on at 358, you get it at 359, you make a profit. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So for that, tick data is probably beneficial. I'm not doing those trades. Um, yeah, I, it, it makes me think about the, so there's the human, like what is a human, are you going to be able to do? And I'm, I'm going to just kind of guess here that, you know, once you, because I'm trying to do this with some stuff that I, a strategy that I pulled out of Option Omega, I've kind of fine-tuned is getting into automation 
And so if, if you're able to audit, I mean, you, you, you have to be able, if you're getting tick data, you can't yeah. just manually run it. So I would imagine that if someone who is able to automate something at a faster level, a faster increment, I, then maybe that's helpful. I, I think that is, I think that is the thing is I, for my type of trading, personally speaking, tick data is not consequential to me. Right. Right. Uh, if you, and this is where I think it's, this is why I think we're getting so many requests for it now is I think retail is starting to move into an algo mindset with mm-hmm. zero day. And I think that's what's starting to be the, the request of, because of that, they, they, they want that tick by tick data because the type of trading they're doing is like Rusty is saying, it's like they're making, you know, they're making a 20 cents on a 25 cent spread and yeah. they want to, they want to do that all day, you know? And yeah, uh, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's I think you're right. Yeah, that's what I was because because that's what I'm doing, right? I'm trying to get into that automation. I'm having a really hard time finding any sort of platforms that I can automate SPX trades. Like apparently SPX is like the I don't know the difficult one. Um, so yeah. I, we're working on it. Uh, I I'm working with a couple guys to build some bots and things, but um, we have to do it ourselves basically, which means someone else has to do it because I don't code anymore. Um, but let, let's. Let's back out a little bit because I know we get into the weeds about some of this stuff, but I want to get back to Option Omega and just the type of avatar, customer, client that you guys are seeing. And I want to make a special announcement that I think lawyers will make great traders. Um, (laughs) So I don't know where this is going to be in the time uh, of the podcast, but I would hope you would share this with your community that I officially announced that lawyers would make a um, <laughs> good trader. So backstory, I, at some point I said in an episode, lawyers, lawyers may not make good traders. Um, and I did a presentation for you guys re- recently, um, a couple of months, maybe a month or two ago, and I got called out on it. And I, I promised somebody that I would uh, recant that. So I am fully recanting that lawyers would make good trader, traders or not. So I, and I want to get on. I want to get on the record just for because I thought that was fun. Uh, lawyers definitely make good traders. We can all agree that psychologists suck at trading. Is that what it? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. That's I'll my name. That. It's just yeah. <laughs> so it's the psychologist because I don't know funny. any psychologists that are traders. So there. Oh, we okay. Go. I found a single yeah. psych yeah, person. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'll probably get an email or something. Um, yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. So so in that vein, are are you know who do you think is a good fit for? for you guys? I mean, obviously anyone who wants to backtest, um, but do you see a certain type of trader, uh, I guess in your clientele, maybe a certain age range or um, style or anything like that? You guys see any similar similarities, similarities there? I would say that we have a lot of professionals using the app, like not, not professional traders per se, but people who are professionals in some other industry, whether that we actually do have, I've seen a lot of lawyers, Dentist for some reason. I know it sounds funny, but we've had a disproportionate for yeah. dentists. Pilots. Pilots, yes. Pilots, another one. I guess maybe a lot of these are people who can handle high risk or or who are drawn to risk, but are also very analytical, mm. right? Yeah. And and can handle a, a very disciplined mindset. So I, I think we have a lot of professionals out there, a lot of software people as well. A lot of programmers get into trading. Right. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. The analytical nature of it as well. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that, I know I back, that... back test is like 
it can be like the, for the lack of a better term, sort of a, a back test porn, right? Where you just start yeah. going through <laughs> and you're just yeah. um, like, oh man, look at that. And then you're just, you know, you just keep going and keep going. So um, I hope that, you know, people are able to translate that into actual trading as opposed to just sitting inside there. Cause I've, well, I've been, I, I go through periods of time where I'm just in back test mode and then I'm like, okay, here are the seven things I want to try slash adjust or whatever. And then I go and do it. And then I don't back test for a while. And then I kind of come back to it. So and that's how I, how I'm using uh, option Omega. Well, something that's really interesting to that point um, back testing is kind of its own hobby. Like, and there are people who just, they just love to back test and yeah. that's great. We, we like to back test too, but one of the original things that Troy said that I think is super helpful, which I think about is, um, you know, I made the point earlier that there are times when like a lot of my calendars, the back test is identical to my actual trades. Like mm. that's great. But Troy's point that he made, which I still think about constantly is one way to look at the back testing is maybe not to tell you trades that you should take, but it eliminates trades you shouldn't take. And so yeah. one of the things that I've learned from you, Eric, is there are certain certain days of the week and certain times of day and certain times of year behave differently. And there's you can see repeatable patterns where certain trades function differently on certain days. And yeah. back backtesting reflects that. And it, I don't know if that's picking up on... Um, you know, just the algorithmic flows in the market or, you know, the, the market kind of always has this upward pressure with the way that ETFs work of being kind of a constant bid. Right. And mm -hmm. there's, they, you know, they're constantly buying. So there are certain seasonalities to the market. And one of the things that back tests can do is you can look at a trade on different days of the week and see on one day of the week, it wins 80% of the time. And then another day, maybe Thursday, for instance, it loses 80% mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. I, I, we, we, you know, before I met you guys, I've mentioned this before, we built our own SPX back tester with five minute data. And we, that's what we found. Now we were only, we only had Monday, Wednesday, Friday data. We were kind of comparing the three days and we found that, yeah, different times of day were better. And at the time, there weren't any bearish strategies that worked um, because it was the bull market. Um, and then, you know, then I just kind of said, I switched over to you guys because it was, I kept buying this data and, you know, doing these tests and stuff, but uh, yeah, it's a never ending quest for, um, you know, I, I guess some, some, some sanity to work off of. I think that's what the back testing kind of gives me and it, it helps to communicate to others you know, um, when you're the way you guys have done the visualization and the portfolio, I think is really great. You guys done a great job. Are there any um, newer features or anything you guys are working on other than um, maybe more frequency of data? What else are people asking for that, that, you know, you might, you guys might try to add at some point. So we're looking into maybe adding some other tickers that are highly liquid, right? Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about maybe, I'm just super interested in trading, for example, like Apple, Tesla for income as well, right? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of two examples of highly liquid, but very different. One, one of them will behave maybe almost as a proxy for QQQ or, or for SPS itself being Apple. And then you have a 
highly liquid meme stock with Tesla, juiced IVs. NVIDIA, yeah. NVIDIA would be another interesting one. So we've been talking about that a lot. You know, there's some challenges there and maybe some additional data we probably have to add. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But that's one thing we're definitely very keen on. You know, and I think I would trade it um, if I found that there was good, repeatable, you know, Tesla trades. Um, Mm -hmm. It would just be fun to do if nothing else. Yeah. Maybe just shorting it. I just like to short Tesla. But um, on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, uh, let's see, we're also looking into pe- some people want like a kind of a floating entry time. They don't want to enter right at 350. They want to say, well, mm. anytime in this last hour, if these metrics are hit, open the trades. We're looking into that, right? We would add some flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe mirrors some people's algorithms and things that they're doing, like you said, the algo trading. So that's another one we're interested in. Uh, maybe adding some more TA, like some VWAP stuff would be fun. ATR is another one I'd like to look at. Yeah. Intraday EMAs, we've been talking, we've been looking into that as well. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I know one of the things that that you guys added that I, I want to get back into is um, you added the ability to do blackout days, and so. One of the questions I get if I share a back test uh, and they'll say, um, well, did you, can you skip all the days the Fed was speaking or whatever? And it's kind of a pain in the ass because you'd actually have to go back and know what days those are. But technically you can go back and say, I'm going to, I'm going to trade this, uh, this strategy, enter at this time, get out at this time. Um, but, you know, one thing that I've seen, um, more lately. And I know one of the previous episodes I had um, Jonathan from Traders Post on and what they do is they're kind of an automation platform. So they they can take webhook alerts from TrendSpider or TradingView and get like buy and sell signals. And then they can actually take those trades into your uh, broker. And so um, I guess one of the things I was... and would be cool. Maybe this is a recommendation or something to just think about. I don't know how much of a pain in the ass this would be, but you know, if you had a system that um, maybe on a one minute chart or five minute chart where you, it exported those entries and exits that you could just kind of bring that in and say, okay, um, let's say you want to trade spy calls or puts and, and you have a technical analysis system that says, okay, over the last, whatever, whatever your system is, does doesn't matter, but it, but it's spitting out buys and sells. And if you were able to just put that in and say, okay, buy a, the first signal was uh, a Delta 70 call option at 9.49 AM and then sell it at night with a stop or whatever, um, that would be actually pretty cool. I think you you would really be able to backtest more things that are TA based, you know, as opposed to um, building all the TA inside of your platform and letting- right. TA platforms just tell you when to buy and sell and have some sort of connect connector, whether that's webhooks or API. I'm just throwing, I'm just literally thinking out loud because I know, yeah. I know. So you guys know that I I'm building my own app. And so I, what right. at some point, what I would like to do is then back test things against my app. And I don't know how to I'm not smart enough to know how to connect those or do all the legwork to figure that out. But if there was a way to, um, more easily, uh, I mean, you can do it, you can put in those times and things, but um, 
yeah, just thinking out loud on on how other uses of the data that you and the visualization you guys have because it's a great platform. I appreciate. It. No, I think I think that's one of the things you know, talking business and talking all these things that it. The cool thing about this industry is that it's growing. We kind of came into it at a point where there's a lot of changes. So zero day, you know, has opened up the door for a ton of different types of traders in a way that wasn't before, and so even the idea of botting is something we're really, really interested in um, because I think there's a lot of, uh, I I think there's some, a lot of possibilities with that. And I I don't know what the future holds, but it's something we're interested in. And I think even some of those larger, like what the idea of webhooks and the idea of the partner, we've built something I think that's very useful for people. And now there's a larger ecosystem that's being built in the options community for retail. And we very much are looking for opportunities to like, partner with people in that ecosystem um mm. for to produce some cool things and so that's something that's always on the radar so i think that's yeah. great a great advice well yeah, although i mean cool. you know about the so you're talking about something in addition to the custom csv importer that we already have i'm not as familiar with it there was i did use it once to test certain things like i, I used the blackout day mechanism so where we i have said, a fully fledged importer Okay. Maybe. Actually, okay. So yeah, tell me about that. Maybe I haven't, maybe I'm behind. Obviously I'm behind. Ah, okay. So that's, I, I wanted to make sure because I was thinking, I think we have this. So yeah. not only do we have blackout dates, we also have whiteout, whitelist dates, whatever you want to call it, where you can trade specific days. So if you wanted, if you had a list of CPI days, you can do that. But then beyond, like, let's say you're selling zero days, but except for when Powell talks <laughs> or you're buying you know, I don't know, put debit spray when he talks, you can do both of those. But on top of that, we actually have the ability, you could go to trading view or something and spit out all these signals. And so we have this custom CSV import that will test any signal you could want, because all you can either just say, I'm going to create the strategy in Option Omega, and then just test these times that I have as a signal, like dates and times, mm-hmm. right, where the signal would have tripped, or you can create the strategy, you know, like let's say it's just a condor or something, right? Something simple. You can test both entry and exit dates, but then we have a third level that you can also test, which is the entry, the exit, and the exact strikes. So if you were set like the gamma stuff, right? If you were doing some kind of gamma service and you knew where like, you know, the resistance and supports were based on market maker gamma, you could test that. Mm, Um, You could test any signal out there. I need to get back in there. I'm behind. I didn't, I didn't, I missed that one. I missed that feature. Yeah. So that's that pretty awesome. powerful and people are using it for all kinds of DA. Yeah. But really I think that's exactly what I was just saying would be cool to have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, we, we did it. Which is like it's you guys there. did it. Okay, good. I, just, I need to I need to get back in there. Wow. Yeah, cuz I think you know when I, I so for me it's a comparative thing. It's like um you know, we'll just use the moving average crossover whatever time, you know, pick your time frame, but it's like okay, well is it better to buy a call option? Is it better to sell a put? Is it better to like comparing option strategies against the signal, I guess is something that I would want to um, kind of explore. So if I'm you able to definitely do that, okay. yeah, we, could, we could talk to you and, and work up some uh, stuff with you offline too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love but if you to, have I'd love a signal that. that could generate dates and times, both for like entering and exit, like if you had an inner signal, exit signal, you could say, would a condor be good for the signal? Would uh maybe just a mm. debit spread? Would a inverse iron condor, a butterfly? You could you can create all the strategies still using OOs, you know, ability to target premiums or offsets or 
I mean, you could do gap close strategies. You could do pretty much anything you right. can imagine with the software. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to get back in there. I'm going to, um, cause I, I want to do some more TA based stuff. Um, and like you said, the GEX level, it's just really getting that data organized on my side, really, I guess, but wow, really cool. Um, you guys have done a great job. I know we've, we've been on here an hour. I'm going to ask one more completely side side note has nothing to do with options, but um, Troy, I, I know you mentioned uh, some philosophic tendencies that you have. And um, I want to ask you, have you gone down the chat GPT hole with asking it philosophical questions? Uh, that's a great question. I so actually, two weeks, I have a I have a buddy who's a pastor, and we just spent the weekend together in the mountains in Georgia, and uh, that's all we did. It was like six pastors, and we uh, just asked Chat GPT a bunch of questions for a research project he's doing. And, and, and uh, what was your just kind of general takeaway from that? Um. Here's my philosophical take. I think the world is heading in a place where uh, wisdom and data, like knowledge about data, are separate things. Mm. Because it can answer anything you want, but is it a wise answer is the way I look at it. And so we've fallen into the world now where if you can regurgitate data, um, and and it gets into the thing of like the, the Elon's like chip, like putting it in the head, you're putting it in your head and things like that. Like you have more access to data, but are you wiser? Do you have yeah. virtue? These are, these are things that I think our world is perhaps falling. Cause you the problem is you can always have more data. And so it's easier to accomplish, but you can, it's much harder to have virtue. Yeah. That's, that's a good you point. No, it, so that's my, answer. no, no, that's good. I, you know, I've been using it for various things and I've, I've done some more, you you get out of it what you want. Obviously, if you go into it and you try to find that, you know, prove that it's racist or um, sexist or something, whatever, like you're going to find what you want. So, so at some point, you know, it becomes a mirror of what you're trying to get out of it. And I think if, yeah, I think if you go into it with, um, from an educational perspective, maybe like, Hey, I want to learn about, um, I know, I know some of the stuff that I would normally go online and find a, try to find a book about or something. I was just asking about, I think intraday seasonality was something I was asking it about. So I, I was kind of using it like that. So I thought it was very, you know, helpful from an educational standpoint, knowing that it's probably 90% right or whatever the number is, but, but that's yeah. interesting that, um, I, I figured you had done something like that, which is why I was, <laughs> Well, no, it gets it, it gets into it gets into the thing where it's like if I want to know about um like uh like the Munich Olympics uh-huh. and I want to find out about that, it's gonna give you everything you want. Yeah. If if I'm asking it questions like, is it okay to steal money from a racist? Right. Those are yeah. questions that it it doesn't quite No, because that's and like perhaps, that's like an opinion, right? That's like a that's right. Right. And I think and that's being that's smart enough trying. to know the difference between those questions, I think is probably. That's right. And the, 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 the problem is, and this is me full on pessimism mode at this point, but uh, I don't think we're smart enough as a society to know the difference always. Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. What a downer. Yeah. What a, that was a great last question. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> well, on social media, we were able to amplify your negative message. So I think that's, um, I think we're ending uh, up on a high note. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, those are, those are great questions. Yeah. 
No, I, I, th- I, I, no, I agree with what you're saying. Um, it, it's, it is what you make it right. So, um, but the world's not as bad as it seems out there. Obviously I, I look on Twitter and agreed, um, you know, the, I, you know, that there's the joke where you could say, man, I love chocolate, um, strawberries and someone go, that's cause you hate oranges. You know, someone's going to say something that you, um, no matter what you that's say. Exactly, so that's exactly right. That's yeah. So, but when I go out in the real world, like it seems fine, you know? So, um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's a separation is that there is, uh, you know, people, people make the claim that they're, they're not separate, but it's very much separate. Like Twitter's not real. Right. I think Dave Chappelle said that. <laughs> You know, yeah. Twitter's not Twitter's not real. It's important yeah. to remember that. Yeah, totally. Well, guys, this was awesome. I know we got all over the place. I definitely recommend everyone go check out Option Omega. But man, you guys are awesome. It's great catching up with you. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome.